Good evening. Welcome to episode two of Houston's Hot Takes on September 20th, 2020. Uh, I should have mentioned last time that I don't uh, like listening to the sound of my own voice on recordings at all, so there will be uh, as little editing as possible on this, so if I make a uh, verbal flub, just ignore that. I'll correct myself, or if I don't, you could email me and tell me that I suck. So episode two, we have uh, five topics. Some of them are pretty easy, uh, some of them not so much, but uh, one thing I should mention then, uh, when I'm coming up with these topics, I've just I've realized uh, within the last couple of days that a lot of them all intertwined um, in a way that'd be really hard to separate to a point that you wouldn't want to sit and listen to a conversation about that, I don't think. So you may see some relation to something, and I'll try to explain it in a different way or uh, maybe even draw it back to the same reason that I think what I think about that. So without further ado, the topics for tonight are roundabouts, yes, the ones on the roads, finding the happy medium, lowering the voting age, brutal honesty, and projection, and finding a way out. So without further ado, let's get started with episode two. So roundabouts, this seems like a a pretty straightforward one. Uh, When I was first learning to drive, the city I lived in started coming up with uh, a lot of roundabouts all over the place. I think they put eight in in one year, and it takes a lot of uh, ruining the roadway. And if anybody knows anything about uh, road construction, it it takes a long time, uh, and it takes even longer probably because the government's paying for it. And anytime people can get the government to pay for something, they, well, drag it out. So... I was uh, hesitant to like the idea of roundabouts, and I'm not against them uh, in in practice as long as people know how to navigate a roundabout. Uh, and I don't think that is a common theme in our society. So this is a pretty light topic, uh, pretty pretty straightforward. I think uh, maybe educate on the use of roundabouts a little more. Who has to yield where? Uh, it's very frustrating when you're supposed to be entering an intersection that's put in place to speed up traffic only to have somebody stopped at the entrance to a roundabout because they don't quite know how to navigate it and they're not sure if somebody entering on the other side of the roundabout means they need to stop. Just find a way out. However, my opinion on that could relate to the uh, last topic. So, I said roundabouts, that's a pretty straightforward one. We'll move on to... Uh, Topic two, with no further ado. So topic two is finding the happy medium. It can go with uh, a lot of things in life, but I, I got a couple, uh, couple three that come to mind. Um, now four, really. Uh, topic two and topic three are kind of involved with each other, so I may talk about both of them at the same time here. So finding the happy medium, uh, when I think of that, uh, the reason I thought of it is because of the, the smoking age, the drinking age, and uh, your ability to join the armed service. You have to find a, a happy medium to juxtapose all of that. Because if you say that somebody is an adult, right? If, if I'm calling an 18-year-old an adult or even uh, a 17-year-old, but I don't afford them the opportunity to do all the things that everybody else we call an adult can do, I think that's uh, a dishonest move. So I I have uh, zero apprehensions about making all of that 18 or even saying uh, 
you know, if you join the military at 17 with a parental waiver, you will be treated as an 18-year-old. You will be tried in court as an 18-year-old, and you will be given all the opportunities that an 18-year-old has. And if I were to look at that, I would say that would mean you can vote as a 17-year-old, you could drink as a 17-year-old, you could smoke as a 17-year-old, and you can go fight and die for your country. Uh, a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago, there was a bill going through Congress that was, uh, the, the purpose was to um, make it so that members of the military, regardless of age, would be allowed to purchase and consume alcohol in public places, uh, essentially creating an additional category of 21-year-olds uh, without the age requirement. So if you were 17 in the military and through your uh, basic training requirements, you could go have a beer with all the guys that joined that were four or five years older than you and were legally allowed to drink in public anyways. Um, I understand people have a lot of apprehension about saying that because, well, the, the human brain uh, isn't developed until 25 years old. But then the way I look at that conversely is, well, if the human brain is fully developed at 25 years old and you don't gain any new brain cells, meaning your brain is no longer growing uh, and alcohol kills the brain, what's stopping you from killing your brain quicker? Uh, there may be a lot of science on that that I don't uh, <clears throat> fully understand, but excuse me, uh, it, it's something that there's some serious thought that goes into it. And I think that one really ties back into uh, one of last week's topics where I was discussing how we want to be ruled. Do we want to be ruled by science or by what we think is ethically and morally justifiable and uh, something that we could happily live our lives with uh, without knowing? So as that topic goes, we kind of maneuver into uh, topic number three which I think I'll spend a fair bit of time on, which is lowering the voting age. Uh, there's There's been a lot of talk about lowering the voting age in the last four years. And uh, again, that might be my own psychological priming to that because that's when I really began to get more uh, involved and tr try to stay aware of what's going on uh, culturally and in social circles and through uh, the political aisles as well. So... It's clearly a, a very hyper-political issue, um, but I think you have to find a happy medium. You'll have to call them adults if you're going to say that they can act like adults. And so there's uh, a couple places in this country that are looking at introducing proposals or have introduced proposals to lower the voting age to uh, 16, from 18 to 16, as, as you may know right now, uh, the federal, well, I guess it's a state-by-state state issue, truly, but I think it's regulated at the federal level, is uh, it's 18 to vote. Um, and some of that ties back into uh, finding the happy medium and why we have 18-year-olds considered adults that can join the military, but the federal government coerces states into doing other things, which I could talk about. Um, <clears throat> see, if, if you're going to lower the voting age, you have to afford them all the... Uh, opportunities and responsibilities of what you're calling them. There's uh, meaning to titles. That's why we have titles. You don't call somebody a wife that isn't married. You don't call somebody a husband that isn't married. And you don't call somebody a parent who has no children. Uh, it's a pretty simplistic way to look at that, I suppose, in the, the grand scheme of how complex our culture is. But I, I would be uh, against voting age. I wouldn't be against 
I would be uh, also against raising it. Uh, excuse me. I think uh, where we have it set right now, 18-year-olds are capable of uh, higher-level thought and restraint uh, for the most part. Obviously, you know, we have people in our society that uh, don't exercise proper restraint all the time, and you might find more examples of 18-year-olds, but that may be because they have uh, significantly more cell phone use. It's hard to tell. Um, part of that might go into so that the the entirety of the nation currently, the voting age is set at 18. Uh, and why is the uh, why is the drinking and smoking age higher than that? Um, well, that's the, the federal government coercion of states into doing things. So the federal government funds many, many things for states. A lot of uh, interstate projects, they give them lots of money for schools, um, for other roadwork things, for other uh, infrastructure issues. And... Uh, a while ago, several decades ago, um, they changed the, said, hey, all of you states, if you don't change your drinking age to 21 years of age, we are going to remove these federal dollars from you. We're we're putting a stipulation on the money, which I, I don't think is non-justifiable. I just don't think that the federal government has the the true right to coerce states. There's a reason that the, the document that we uh, built our centuries-old nation on uh, is still with us today and is still really, really relevant. And it's because they took the idea that there are going to be many states or they are already many states and that they all don't need to be governed in the same way, uh, thereby making it so the federal government had some responsibility, but lots of responsibility was left down to the state. So one way I think that you could probably fix that, and again, my opinion outside looking in, I'm not... uh, lawyer by any means you have to be a lawyer to do any about anything these days um would be to make it so that the federal government receives less of the taxpayer dollars and therefore they're uh sending out less of the taxpayer taxpayer dollars to other states um and therefore the state's wealth is where it is and that may create a major discrepancy between states and that's why we have at the federal level um i just don't think they have the right to coerce states into doing things that don't truly make sense, such as taking the drinking or smoking age and raising it to 21 years of age, whereas we're calling people adults at 18. It's not truly sensical to me, but it's one man's opinion. So lowering the voting age for me, a no. Raising the voting age for me, a no. Finding the happy medium for me, same thing as not changing things just for the sake of change or changing things without logic. Um, if it's better, yes. If it's worse, no. Uh, but if it's better, you have to be able to justify why we need it to be better. If people are content with the status quo and then you offer them something better, but it drastically changes something that they truly liked, you aren't making it better for people. You're making it more complex. And that rolls nicely into brutal honesty. I uh, I have never been called a incredibly uh, held back individual. I I don't uh, if I'm thinking something, I'm more than happy to tell you what it is. Hence, why I created a podcast about my opinions. Um, I have some friends that'll talk to me and they'll say uh, we'll be out in public, and I naturally just gravitate towards watching people because I think people are. Uh, 
incredibly stupid and yet fascinating. Just as a general principle, we can't seem to uh, figure out how to have true conversations with each other, but yet we have Elon Musk who can run 16 different companies across the entirety of the world and do whatever he wants because he's a genius. So when somebody asks me something or we're watching people in public and they say, oh, well, you know, this person, I'm like, well, yeah, they're not healthy. And they're like, well, why would you say that? Well, they're in the morbidly obese category of BMI and you can't be healthy like that. It's just not possible. And then they'll say, well, why did you say that? And well, you asked me what I thought. Brutal honesty shouldn't really offend people. The reason it does is because we've shied away from true uncensored honesty in our lives and you kind of get out what you put in to uh, other people's thoughts. So if you're telling them, hey, this is what I really think and it is uh, uncensored, raw, emotional, or just uh, very non-politically correct, they, they may respond in that way. They may respond in kind to that or they may retract and say, well, why would you ever do that? And I always say, well, I'm just brutally honest. I will tell you exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, it kind of goes around with not beating around the bush, which I've recently been accused of, but I wouldn't say that it's something I uh, gravitate towards. I'd say I'm a rather direct individual. Uh, and I think directness is a, a true key to uh, furthering uh, relationships, culture, and society. Because if you want to make something better, you can't stand around the table and look at each other until something happens because it's not going to happen, whatever's in the middle of the table you're waiting on. And uh, that also segues nicely into uh, the last topic here, which is projection. So maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting my feelings uh, or my disdain for myself and my inability to do those things on others, which is something I've noticed a lot of lately. Um, I see it in everybody. I see it in uh, you know, people I'm friends with, people I'm uh, not really friends with, but uh, people I know. I see it myself. I see it in uh, people walking down the street sometimes if you have enough time to observe them. And then uh, it very especially in uh, politics and the media. And uh, this, this isn't really a political podcast by any means, but I'm uh, inclined to talk about it because it seems to be what our culture and society is wrapped around right now. Like there's nothing else in the world that truly matters. And therefore everything is politics. You can make any conversation political. And I, uh, I think they're projecting their own political opinions because that's the, the group that they've been tied to for so long. Uh, so they take their political opinion and if their political party failed to do something, they will project it on you and, uh, it, it's true of both sides, but probably uh, one to an extent further than the other. You, you use projection to find a way out of the corner you've been backed into. You say, oh, look what's over there, and then run over here, and it's you're just pointing at them the whole time. Uh, it, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of hard to understand how we've gotten there uh, as a culture. But one thing I do know is that you should beg your friends. This is something I, I think I'm going to start doing. I say, hey, anytime you think that I'm projecting my emotion on you or I'm projecting my problem on you or I'm projecting this onto that and I'm trying to get out of something as a result of it, call me out on it and don't let me get away with it because it's not good. And I, I there are probably very few people in the world that do it. Uh, and the, the people that don't do it are those that would probably subscribe to 
the Jocko podcast and have read all of Jocko's books about extreme ownership, which is uh, his book, and it discusses how uh, it, the summary of it, in short, is everything's your fault, and that's how you fix things. And I think that's a pretty profound idea because if you take responsibility for things that go wrong, you you no longer project your problems onto, well, this is because of somebody else. Uh, that is probably the best way we could get out of any dump that we find ourselves in, not only as a, uh, a person, but as a, as a group, if you're a team and you find yourself in a dump and you say, well, that team was just better. Why don't you just say, well, maybe we didn't train as hard. Maybe we didn't work out as much. Maybe we didn't practice as often. Maybe we took our practice kind of hand and foot goofing off, you know, playing grab ass and didn't really get to the uh, meat and potatoes of what we needed to learn. There's, a lot that could be said of a person that doesn't project their problems on another person. And that's, uh, in the military, that's really who you see. If you read Medal of Honor citations, they, uh, you read their citation and go read their biography. They, uh, they're, they're, Hey, I was just doing this because it's what I had to do. I didn't care what, uh, obstacle or what adversity I ran into. I was going to succeed because nothing can keep me down. It's not somebody else doing something to me. It's me doing something to them. Uh, that's pretty much the root of projection, in my opinion, on it. I may have gotten a little off topic there, but it's kind of hard to tell some days. So I think that pretty well covers episode number two. However, I would like to mention one more thing about brutal honesty. If you don't think my opinions on this podcast are brutally honest enough for you, please feel free to email me and tell me to either get stronger opinions, be more honest because you don't think I'm being honest enough, or even fuck off. You can contact me at r-e-e-l-i-o-w-a at gmail.com. That's realiowa at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.